I went to school after being out of school for five years. So I was like the old kid in the class. And I'm taking this English 101 course, and they want like a 12-page paper or whatever, you know. And he's throwing out all these lame uh, things that he wants you to write on. And I said, can you choose your own subject? He goes, well, what? I said, I said, how about Tolkien? He goes, well, what about Tolkien? And so I said, how about Tolkien's use of free will versus predestination in The Lord of the Rings? He says, okay. <laughs> At that point, I'd probably read The Lord of the Rings twice or maybe three times. And so I wrote this paper, got an A on it, and he wrote across there, you should consider having this published. Hi, this is Stephanie Fallon. And this is Tony Russo. And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, their stories behind the story, the writing process, and any other sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we want to talk about. Today on the podcast, we have Bud Scott. Bud has been writing in the genres of sci-fi, supernatural, memoir, and humor and human interest for quite a few years now, and his work has been published both at home and abroad. His commentary has been published in Malorn, the Tolkien Society Journal in the UK. His recent work, a collection titled Out of My Head Volume 1, is an ebook of flash fiction and short stories available on smashwords.com. His current focus is on flash fiction, which Bud describes as the art of telling a complete story in 1,000 words or less. He is currently attempting to post a weekly story on his blog, and each story is inspired by an old family photograph. It is a project he hopes to move along towards a finished published work. So welcome to the podcast, Bud. Hey, Stephanie. <laughs> well, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is I absolutely loved the concept that you came up with for um, finding those old family photos and then deciding to, you know, let each one inspire work. So could you tell us a little bit about, about that? Um, essentially, we were cleaning out my father's house. Um, and we were sorting through the photos, and you know we were coming up with piles for this relative, that relative, and then we had this huge pile left over of people that we had no idea who they belonged to, um, and so I I just kind of put them in the uncategorized pile and said we'll get back to these later, and then then I came up with this idea. So are the so these are relatives that you well they may or may not be relatives actually they may or may not be relatives yeah. Yeah, but they're like the old, they're the, the old, um, you know, black and white. Some are like on that cardboard right, postcard yeah. type stuff. So it's a really vintage. I mean, we're not talking about something from like the, the 40s or something like that. I mean, so, well, they, they run the gamut. Some of them are like probably from the 1890s all the way up to probably the, the early 50s. And so you've let each of these photographs kind of inspire a story. And I think there was one photograph of the girls on a beach, and then you had to go and research the hotels in the background. Right, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I try to bring a little bit of reality to, to the pieces. So, um, yeah, that, that particular one, the, the Schlitz Hotel, was in the background. And so I, did, I researched that and found out it was in Atlantic City and then went from there. Right. Now... When you're when you're building these these stories, is it how important it is to you to to capture everything in the in the photo? Because uh, you have this one that's coming out, I guess, this week where there's a priest, and there's, this is the, this is the first like group photo that you have. And is that is that does that get complicated for you? Where you feel like you have to 
give everybody a name or at least know what their names are off of? No, not really, because in a, that particular one, I'm, I'm, I'm essentially focusing on the priest uh-huh. um, and, and, and the child that's being christened. Right. So, so that's, that's, that's when, you're, when you're trying to give these people a little bit of depth, I'm not saying it's constraining in a bad way, but you do have to remember that people can see who you're talking about when you're writing the story. Yeah, yeah, you do because you know there. When you look at a picture, you're going to read into it stuff that may may or may not be there anyway. Right. And so uh, you just have to you have to work with what you're given. <laughs> so when you uh, when you when you when did you get started into into fiction more seriously then? Um, it's probably been about ten years now. And and how did it come about? What where what was the <clears throat> Like, was there a clicking point or? Um, I just, no, not really. I mean, I've, I've written off and on since I was in my teens, but it was, you know, it was just, I sat down and I wrote something, I think it was for a contest Mm -hmm. and, um, and it was okay. Uh, but the more I did, the better I got. Right. So. Well, the one thing that I remember, I read the first story that he did, like in this, like, uh, you know, random photograph portrait series. Right. So the, in the, and then the first story, um, the, we were kind of, kind of going along with this nice story. It was a picture of a really uh, kind of a young, nice looking young lady. She's kind of sitting there. And, um, so we're kind of going through this story, learning about her life. And all of a sudden sort of like the very last little bit of the story just completely turns kind of like on, on a dime a little bit. And, uh, and then I noticed, like, the second story, we got that again. And I'm like, Bud just wants to punch us in the gut yeah. at the end of every story. And I feel like that's kind of been kind of like a little bit of a... I don't know. I feel like at the end of every story that I get after you've punched me in the gut, I feel like there's a little bit of Bud Scott just sitting in the back, like, going, ha, 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 ha. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's that sort of... I, that, that twist, is that really what kind of drives you? Yeah, I, I like having the twist. I mean, it's not... I don't necessarily contrive to have a twist it just seems to come out that way right um because 90 percent of the time when i'm writing i really don't know how it's going to end uh, <laughs> right <laughs> until it gets there and that's and that's not uncommon because you're following you're following the narrative you're you're saying this is how it starts you know how it starts and you're saying well if this happened then this probably should follow and as and that's what i was kind of getting at before whether you're talking about the characters as you're developing these characters you're like well how would she react to this situation or what would he do given, given what's happened so far? How, how does this character react independent of what's in the text? Right. And initially that, that, that first story, um, he was not going to make it back right. from, from the war. Um, but it changed. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, and so as an, I'm a nonfiction person. So when I'm writing, my quote unquote characters are generally real people and they've already been there, done that, seen it, got the t-shirt, said this, did this. So there's not usually not a lot of wiggle room all the time with some of the work that I do. But I know you and I have talked about sometimes when you have these fiction characters, you sort of sometimes create them and then all of a sudden they just sort of spawn off and they start doing all these other things. You're like, whoa, where did, where did this come from? And so for me, that's a little, that I always think that that's really interesting because I don't get to do that with mine. I mean, my characters already were like born here, married this one, 
worked this job, did these things, and died this way, you know? So what is it, is it, is it, is it kind of frustrating that they would sort of kind of your characters might kind of go off and do something that maybe you hadn't intended or is that just part of the part of the process it's part of the process because i really i try not to i mean i have an initial idea and then i go from there i don't necessarily try to make them do anything right i just try to let them lead me where they're going to go oh okay well i i kind of dig that there's, um, well, back to about the twist as well. There was something that I wanted to kind of go back with. You also are a magician. Yeah. Yes. So I, I, I want to make sure because you corrected me one time when I said so. Oh, um, did you call him an illusionist or something? No, I said something about he did tricks and he said, I'm not a dog. Dogs do tricks. <laughs> 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 and, and I was like, oh, okay, fine. So he doesn't do tricks. So, But you are a magician sort of. Uh, trained and so it whenever I get to the end of your stories and there is a twist and there is something that kind of catches me off guard it always kind of reminds me of the the, the the magician stuff as well because it seems like that's the whole point of magic right is to have this twist have this thing that kind of catches the audience off guard the, and the have, misdirection is what makes it work exactly that misdirection that kind of like i'm leading you down this path and then all of a sudden i'm just gonna snatch the you know rug out in front of you exactly right. so you know does do you find that i mean i find as your reader and having known you and having you having been you didn't do a trick you did a, an illusion or something <laughs> for me one time that blew my mind i'll, I'll tell you about that but uh do you find that those things kind of bleed into, or is it just sort of? Uh, you, I guess you really can't. I mean, you can compartmentalize your life to a point, but I guess things tend to bleed over. So, right. yeah. Um, I don't consciously think about it when I'm doing it, but I may do it unconsciously. I, I don't want to shift gears too hard here. I don't want to grind the gears, but I want to talk about the, the Tolkien thing, because that's, that's odd and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, thanks, Tony. <laughs> so, how did you? How did? How did? How did you? I mean, I, I guess you're a Tolkien fan. Uh, how, how did you know that there was such a th- like? You're enough of a Tolkien fan that you know that they have this common, commentary journal. Okay. Yeah. Um, tell, tell us, please tell us the story. <laughs> in college, back in the '80s, I wrote. Well, I was. I went to school after being out of school for five years, so I was like the old kid in the class, right? And um, and I'm taking this English 101 course, and they want like a 12-page paper or whatever, you know. And he's throwing out all these lame uh, things that he wants you to write on. And I said, I said, can you choose your own subject? He goes, well, what? I said, I said, how about Tolkien? He goes, well, what about Tolkien? And so I said, how about Tolkien's use of free will versus predestination in The Lord of the Rings? He says, okay. <laughs> so. Um, yes, I, I, at that point, I'd probably read the Lord of the Rings twice or maybe three times. Um, and, um, and this was, I was going to University of Maryland Eastern Shore. They had just instituted the, um, dialogue system, which was a, a online lookup system. Cause like I said, early eighties. Right. Um, I was the first one to want to use it. And so it, it, at that point in time, it was normally a $25 fee to the, for them to do this search for you. Um, but because I was the first one, I was the guinea pig, they were letting me do it for free so they could learn how to do it. Cool. <clears throat> um, so for about 
hour and a half I sat there with, with the lady, gave her all the queries and everything, and my, all my uh, research was done. I was just waiting for it to show up. I didn't even have to go into the stacks. Um, and so I wrote this paper, got an A on it, and he wrote across there, you should consider having this published. And so for 30 years, it sat in a drawer like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm cleaning out a drawer, and I come across it and said, hmm. And so I started researching where you could get something like that published. Of course, this is printed on a dot matrix printer. Right. There's, there's, no, there's no digital copy of it anywhere. Um, and so um, I get up with the Tolkien Society in the United States, okay? And I go through... Um, I finally get up with the editor, and she says, yeah, send me the, the thing. So I get it all done so that it's in a sendable format. Um, and, that, and that meant retyping it? No, that meant OCRing it. I actually had somebody oh. that could, could scan it in and OCR it, and I, I went back through and cleaned it up. But, um, yeah, it would have it required retyping otherwise. Um, so then um, she's, I, let it, I let it sit for a couple of weeks, it was probably about six weeks, and I got back up with her, and I said, you know, so where are we? And it wasn't like, you know. Right. And, uh, and this, was, this was all via email. And I get this scathing email back, you know, like, like I'd been pestering her every day. Um, and come to find out she was working on her Ph.D. and all this other crap, and she just really, it just wasn't in her wheelhouse to get this done. And so I said, I said, okay, never mind. <laughs> right. And so then it sat for another couple of years. <laughs> and so then I said, I probably ought to do this, try this again. And so I started looking around, and I found the Tolkien Society in the UK. And I got up with the editor there. And he said, sure, send it, you know. And so I sent it. And he says, well, he says, says we, can, we can do it, but you need to redo all of the notations because they were all done in Turabian or God knows what now, you know, from whatever it was in the 80s. And they didn't want current notation. Right. So I went and did, I, I, I changed it all, sent it back to him. And he said, no, not really. I, this was about six times, on, on about the sixth time it was like, I was getting ready to say, forget it, you know. And he, right. said, he said, yeah, that's good. So, <laughs> and so that's, that's how it came about. And so did, did you continue this kind of, did you have a particular interest in Tolkien that carried on or? Um, I mean, I, basically, I mean, I've read all the books a couple of times, but I mean, it's just, uh, but you don't, you don't have a sword or anything. No, 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 <laughs> it, It's just, and that's what I mean, given, given your, given the, writing that I've read of yours, your writing doesn't scream Tolkien influenced to me. No, I mean, I've, I've read a lot of stuff. Right. You know, and, and Tolkien was just, uh, I, think, I think Tolkien in, in middle school, high school, I'm trying to remember which, anyway, one or the other, we had an English teacher that read us The Hobbit. Uh-huh. And that was kind of kind of got me hooked on you know re- reading the Hobbit and then the Lord of the Rings and then yeah I'm just my daughter <clears throat> my daughter next year is going to travel to New Zealand to go to the Hobbit uh, store or whatever. There's a Hobbit store in no, New no. Zealand. No, they, no, they've they've they that's a real set in the Hobbit. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I knew they. Yeah, she's going to visit that place. She's oh wow, that's pretty cool. And I didn't know if that was you didn't you didn't 
you didn't seem to me. And now my daughter is one of these people, so you didn't seem to me like you were in that club. That's why I was curious about no. the Tolkien. I mean, he's 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 flash fiction. He's like a thousand words in, out, done. Tolkien yeah. took yeah. volumes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I like it, but I'm not going to emulate yeah, it. Yeah, so. no, no. So what is it about that thousand words or less that sort of kind of really attracts you? Is it like a short attention span? Is it you just you like the brevity? It's I like. I, I think I like having to write tight okay, and and keep it succinct. Right. Um, the efficiency of yeah, flash and, fiction. And, and, I've, and I've, also, I've, I've won a couple of contests in the UK with um, flash fiction. And it's, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people and a lot of people can't do it, apparently. I don't know. Um, I don't think I can. It's it's just, and I really like it when they give you like a topic and a word count, and they say go, right? Know? And it's like you know you got four hundred words, you got to do this, you know, and um, and if, uh, there was one one set of contests that I was doing for a while. They gave you like four words and a word count, and you had to incorporate those four words into the story. Wow. Okay. <laughs> But I would don't you do you feel that it is and maybe this is the part of it that there is this intense challenge to tell a story or something that has enough of an arc in four hundred words or seven hundred and fifty words or a thousand words. I yeah. mean I would think that that would be an incredible challenge. I mean maybe that's what you enjoy. I guess, yeah. It's 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 fun. I guess that's um, sort of the same as magic. I mean it's something you gotta <laughs> you got a limited amount of time to pull this thing off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also there's there's something about when you're writing, let's say let's say let's say a thousand words, there's there's this need to be singular in your in your point. You're making you're making one singular point, and you have to choose to let the tangents go, even though they're they they can be tantalizing. And a lot of times you read things that are. 1700 words or 1800 words and you're like that was too long and it was because he's like oh well i want to you know i want to describe the drive from the house to the store and not only didn't it fit it was it was like oh look at me right and it wasn't it wasn't it didn't forward the narrative you're constantly thinking about the narrative right when you're writing a thousand words yeah um in fact it was i just did i just did one for a contest for writer's digest and it was 700 words um, and, um, I sat there and wrote it. I mean, as soon as I read it, it, it was, it was, um, it's, it had to start with, you don't have enough points, sir. Oh, I remember you telling me yeah, about we, this one. Yeah. We, I, I read it at the <laughs> yeah, last I was meeting. Say we, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I miss, or, I miss that. Yeah. Miss that anyway, um, as soon as I read that, I had what, what it was going to be. Okay. Okay. And about 10 minutes later I had how it was going to end. And so I sat down and pounded it out, and when I got done, I had 706 words. <laughs> and so I only had I only had to to go Chop back off. go back through and and clean, clean out six words. Yeah. Goodness. I remember the first philosophy paper that I submitted and I was that I got to present at a conference. Um, the that was it was the same thing. You submit it, and then they invite the the ones, that, and it had to be 10,000 words, and I did 15. And I went to my professor and I said, you know, help me. And he's like, yeah, go through and take out one word from every sentence. And if you still need help, let me know. And, and when, you, when you're doing that, he didn't mean literally take out. But if, you're, if you have to take a word out of every sentence, sometimes you have to rearrange a sentence. Sometimes you have to combine the sentences. 
and it really makes you think about how to put a a succinct narrative together. I'm a huge fan of Twitter for that reason. I guess and you are yeah, and you are yeah, as well. Yeah. It's like can you do it in 140 words? There's there was a period of time where they were like, well, we might make it 10,000 words. I'm like, no, 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 140 is why I like Twitter because it, it reminds you, nope, find a better word, find a better way of saying it. Don't just go on and on. Go get to the point and get everything in that one. Yeah, I, I actually won uh, a Twitter story contest. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> a Twitter story contest? Twitter. How, do, how does that even work? Uh, you have to write a story in... 140 characters, yeah, 140 characters. Yeah, Not like multiple a, ones, just like you get one tweet to tell a story. Yeah, right. We're just getting shorter and shorter. At some yeah. point, it's just going to be like, you know. Well, it's like the Hemingway, right? Okay. Uh, right, the shoes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, oh, yeah. Because um, I can't remember. Oh, gosh, it's like uh, shoes. Pair, pair, pair of Baby shoes. Uh, no, for, for sale, baby shoes, never, never used. Never yeah, used, yeah. Right, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. We, we're all going to come up with it eventually. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, this was basically, um, if I remember correctly, uh, the time machine is ready. I'll set it for 10 seconds in the past. Whiz, bang, whirl. The time machine is ready. I'll set it for 10 <laughs> seconds in the past. <laughs> Whiz, bang, whirl. I mean, so... <laughs> And so before before this current project, what was what was did you have an arc before like this? It, we've said before personally and also on this podcast in the last ten minutes how what a cool idea this found photo fiction is. But what was what kind of things were you w- using before for kind of inspiration? Um, well, I'm kind of I'm kind of sort of halfway working on <laughs> a memoir. Uh, because I, I grew up in Berlin. Um, I worked for a guy um, in downtown Berlin named Ned France um, who had a junk store. It's where, it's where the video store is now. Um, you heard right. There is a video store in Berlin. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, he, was, um, he was eccentric, uh, to say the least, but he was also... Um, a magician in the 20s and 30s, which I didn't learn until later after I started started working for him. But um, so that's that's part of it. You know, it's basically, you know, um, I grew up in prehistoric Berlin. Right. Because nobody can tell me when it became historic. Uh, <laughs> but it was not historic when I grew up here. <laughs> prehistoric um, Berlin. I love that. It, was, it, it became it, it became historic in the in the 80s when uh, when. Tourism. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. When tourism became a thing. Yeah. When historic districts became a cool thing. That's yeah, when right, it became right. a cool yeah. thing. So that I mean that's one of the things I've got that that I that I've like I keep piddling at. Um now is this Ned France guy, is this where you picked up magic as well? Or it, it was probably a part of, partly a catalyst, but not. Uh, I mean, I was already looking, but because I was like twelve then, I was. I was the reason I went in there the very first time okay. was to look for a pack of magic playing cards. You know, because I figured okay. he's the only person in town that would have them. Okay. Uh, and so. Uh, and did he have them? Well, I don't know. He basically threw me out of the store. <laughs> uh, so it was. 
<laughs> Did he say you're late? Come back tomorrow at nine a.m. No, he said I'm not. The, I'm not the babysitter for the whole damn town of Berlin. Ah, <laughs> ah okay. And so, how did you get the gig then? Um, I mean, did you get the gig that summer, or did you go back? It was, I, I, well, I swore I'd never go back, which is a, a word that should never, that should not be in any twelve-year-old's vocabulary, um, and. Um, a friend of mine from scouting um, went in there with me. Both of us went in, and and Pete was uh, uh, to steal a line from um, Stephen King. Um, Pete could talk the devil into setting himself on fire. So, <laughs> so we were both into magic, and so we went in there, and and you know Pete said we're looking for some magic cards, and so it was at that point. Uh, well, this was after we stood there long enough for, for Ned to quit saying, you know, what's the name of the record? Do you want the six to a dollar records or do you want the cheap records? <laughs> uh, and turn the music off because he basically sold. I mean, that was that was one of his big things was selling records. And he had, you know, he, he blasted it out into the street. Right. Um, and um, so he goes, he, he kind of stopped and, and actually looked at us to really look at us. And he says, and he reaches up and he pulls down a pack of playing cards. And then he says, if you really want to, um, to do magic, he says, and he pulls a card out and he says, says, if you want to make one disappear, you hold it like this and it goes like this and the thing is gone (laughs) out of his his hand. We're looking all over the shelves and everything. And he says, and then to bring it back, you do, you do this. And then he goes, and then he points up to a little, little paperback book that's hanging off a bulldog clip on a piece of wire says, says, if you want to learn how to do it, it's in this book, which was called Thurston's card tricks. (laughs) And so we were off to the races at that point. Um, and so what happened was Pete started working for him. And then Pete's dad worked for the Park Service, got transferred to uh, Grand Canyon. Um, I inherited Ned and Pete's dog and uh, <laughs> went from there. That's fantastic. I love those old, like, little, like, I feel like that is, I feel like that's a great story. It's like, like. And so will that end up in the memoir piece or is yeah, that sort of, okay, yeah. gotcha. And the other, the other flash fiction you've done, I think it's interesting to take your cues from, from contests and you, you give me the impression that you, that you enter contests pretty regularly. Um, I have a lot, I have like a list of contests that I'm like, there's this deadline and then I don't look at it again until after yeah. the deadline is come mm-hmm. and gone. Um, do you, do you, do you, track them in some sort of way or do you just nah. read it and you're like i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna do it now yeah i, I yeah they're basically I, I mean um there there used to be a site called trifecta which was a um it, it, it was a writing site with prompts with contests um it didn't really win anything but it was you know um but they would also throw up, they'd say, there's this one going on here, this one going on there, you know. And, and I follow a lot of them now on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, you know. And, and I only do ones that are free because I'm not going to pay somebody to read my work. I'm right. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I, made, I, made, I always made a big deal, like, you should never write for free, but if you must, you know, you should write for me. And I always think, like, I probably would, I would love to run a, a fiction contest with whatever, a, a $35 entry fee. Because I, yeah. I mean, I, I read a lot of submissions for free as it is now. So if I could, if I could put together a you know a, a thirty five dollar uh, submission fee and then you know collect them all at the end, everybody wins. Yeah, 
Well, but, you you win. Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. Because then everybody, you know, so so it would be it would be like it would be like there there are some organizations that like will collect a fee and then use that fee to print a book and then everybody gets a copy of the book. It'd right. be like that. Yeah. Okay. But less gross. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say that just to make Stephanie miserable. <laughs> anyway, um, so um, I think we're getting sort of close are, to our. We are coming out up, up to the end, pulling pulling into the station, as pull, we like to say. So uh, the last part, we usually talk about ways that we promote our writing, or or that you promote your writing. Do you? All right. So I know that you're active on Twitter, activish on Twitter. Uh, do you have like a website or or what do you do to get people? I don't really. Yeah. Uh, it's like you know. Um, He's very undercover about it. Well, well, this this most recent series, you said you've gotten a little bit of traction from. Yeah, actually, um, I just checked the the numbers, and I started this like the end of May on on the on the blog, and there's been almost twelve hundred page views um, well, from good. all over the world. Right. Yeah. So it's like, um, and I've got and I've got nine, ten subscribers. I'm one of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and, and so you just count on the subscribers to read and share and there's yeah, no, uh... right. Yeah. And it's, I'm going to get to a point where I think that I'm going to make it so that if you're not a subscriber, that I'm probably going to not keep posting every chapter, but right. subscribers will probably get every chapter. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Give, give them a reason to come. And how do you go, how do you go about that? What? posting it so just subscribe i mean i'm just subscribing to your rss feed right well what i would there there would be ones that go up on the blog Uh and there was there would be ones that go directly to um the subscribers because because i've got the i've got the i've got the the email address oh all right i was i was confused i'm like yeah the only way i get it is is from the feed so it wasn't on the feed then it wouldn't get there. So we have been forgetting to do this the last couple times, so I'm going to do it this time. If you'd like to follow us um, socially, you can find me at uh, my name backwards, O-S-S-U-R-Y-N-O-T, or um, on my uh, website, which is also O-S-S-U-R-Y-N-O-T.com. And Stephanie, you can find at... Uh, so we have saltwatermedia.com, and I'm kind of redoing my actually my personal website right now, but uh, everybody can find me at saltwatermedia.com. So... And right. I'm not as mean as Tony on Twitter, and you're, but you're pretty. You're nice on Twitter. Mm, most most of the time, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm probably the most nice of the group of us on Twitter. Yeah, um, I'm I'm at esoteric dabbler uh, on Twitter, um, and the the blog is um, 10x100-words.blogspot.com. And we'll make sure we put all the, we'll post all the links to, um, we'll post the link to your Twitter and then the Blogspot stuff and we'll get all that squared up on the, uh, on the website when we post uh, your page. Very cool. And now this is the part where you thank the guests. All right. Well, thank you very much, (laughs) Bud, for being here. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me. So What's Your Story was recorded at Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. To hear more visit www.saltwatermedia.com. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher. And if you want other people to hear more, give us a great review there.